Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. We help you build a thriving creative career. Mm, doesn't that sound delicious? I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. You can stay up to date with all things Creative Pep Talk by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. You can really do it. I'll wait. We'll wait to start this one. Open your phone. Get on there. Follow me on Instagram. I'm sorry. You don't have, you don't have to. Totally fine. You can just... You can just consume this content for free and give nothing back. That's totally fine. <laughs> Seriously, you can. That's fine. But you can follow me on Instagram if you want. At Andy J Pizza. Let's jump into today's episode. So we got our first factor meals, and I am pumped to tell you about them. First off, we absolutely loved them. Delicious chef's kiss for the chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals that come straight to your door. I can definitely see how when deadlines are out of control or you're in a super busy season, how factor meals can lighten your load while still giving you options like veggie, vegan, and even low-calorie Get as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can even pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Head to factormeals.com slash peptalk50 and use code peptalk50 to get 50% off. That's code peptalk50 at factormeals.com slash peptalk50 to get 50% off. Friends, we have a episode that's going to knock your socks off. It's I'm so pumped about this episode. I feel like the interview episodes of this podcast, I feel like I'm really finding what they are. And uh, it's usually just like finding a, a kind of peer of some kind where we can talk shop and just kind of get, you know, have a conversation. They're not really interviews. They're more like conversations with a friend and, uh, this is no exception. This is the definition of that rule. We have today on the show Morgan Harper Nichols. That's right. The one and only Morgan Harper Nichols. I am so thrilled to share this with you. I just had this conversation yesterday, and I have it's one of those ones that got my creative juices flowing. I've been thinking about it ever since. There's so much good stuff. We were jiving, we were thriving we were another i don't have another word but we we, it was just you know locked in the flow state conversation flow state right had a great time chatting with morgan she has she's the real deal that's what i loved about having this conversation is she knows how to make creativity that works which is you know my jam she's got so much insight and wisdom about how to do that how she's developed and found her sweet spot if you don't know morgan what are you doing with your life she's got like 400,000 followers on instagram and she deserves every one of them because her work is full of generosity heart craft beauty she's a poet She's an illustrator. She's a letterer. She's a musician. She is a joy to have a chat with, and you are going to have a great time. If you don't, if you're not one of the half a million people that follow Morgan, go follow her. Go check her out. You will not. It'll be a great add to your feed. It'll make you. It'll bring a lot of like love, self acceptance, beauty, joy into your life on a daily basis. Go follow her at Morgan Harper Nichols on Instagram. And without further ado, here she is, Morgan Harper Nichols. 
Okay, so Morgan, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. We, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Your uh, work resonates so deeply with me, and I, and I'm sure with my audience. And then people from my audience haven't already discovered your work. They're in for a treat because it's very creative pep talk. Well, thank you. That that means a lot. I, I live just south of Los Angeles, so I spend a lot of time in the car. And in that time yeah. in the car, I've spent a lot of time listening to this show. So <laughs> man, that, that so I'm nice. a huge fan. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. That's so, that's yes. So definitely one of my favorites. And yeah, so I'm yeah, t- kind of turning Amazing. into a fangirl a little bit, but I'll try to <laughs> act like an adult and hold myself together. So uh, nobody fanboys more like more than me. Like I yeah, I cannot contain myself when I'm in the presence of someone who I'm a fan of. I just cannot help but be just a gushy, ridiculous yeah, mess, yeah. which <laughs> I've already done a little bit, so we'll move on from that. Um, so could you just give us uh, just an overview of who you are and what you do at this moment in your life? Yeah, so um, I would say I, I'm a writer and illustrator, and I am also a music artist as well, and the illustration and poetry part of what I do actually came about in a season of my life where I had been touring with music for several years, but I was kind of in a spot where I was like, I'm not sure I can tour three, four, five days a week for the rest of my life. Like on the road, I met so many musicians who are just made for the road, just made for stage. And I, I love that life. And I still, I mean, I, I was, I just played a show last weekend. I mean, I, I love it and I still get out there, but I was like, I don't know if I can do this day in, day out forever. Um, yeah. And at that point it was my job. So it was like, well, yeah. what are you going to do? Well, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I think that that little <laughs> practice is really, uh, it's been helpful to me. And I don't think, I think it's ongoing because it's such deep work, but mm-hmm. like noticing who, uh, noting your noticing yourself and other people as a means of like self discovery and and mm. charting new territory. Something I've learned like see, there are there were paths that I was on for long seasons of my career, and I would get around those people, and I'd be like, "Huh, these aren't I like these people. Yeah. They're not really my people." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is that kind of what you're. Yeah, saying? that's exactly what it was, and because one of those people is my sister, who's two years younger than me. And we were actually touring a lot. And um, my sister, she's just made for it. Like she's just, ever since she was little, I mean, she's made for it. And I was like, I'm not made for it. And it started, it went from like, I don't think this is my place to being, to turning into this like, well, am I even, can I even have a creative career? Can I even do something as an artist if I'm, if I'm not you know, if I can't fit that mold or that style of an artist. So I started just questioning myself just endlessly. Um, that's just what I do when I get stressed yeah. out. And I'm like, is this even right? Should I just give all of this up? Um, but one thing that's always been just a constant in my life is writing. And mm-hmm. I was writing about these struggles um, just in my journal. I wasn't really sharing them with anyone. And, um, I was just like, I don't, you know, I don't know where I fit. Like I kind of like, you know, I was in that point in my twenties, like where 
I was like, okay, I'm not really like a kid anymore. Like I'm getting closer to 30. Like I've got to figure this out. And, you know, now I'm 29. I'm like, I still haven't figured out, but you know, you know, you get to those points where you're just like, oh my goodness, you know, the quarter life crisis that was real for me. So, um, I started just kind of writing and doing a little bit of visual art, which is something I hadn't done since high school. Um, Mm. and that was just, you know, something I just did in high school. I never really, I would paint occasionally, but it wasn't really anything I really, you know, saw myself doing in the future. My, my understanding was, I was like, well, I know how to sing and play guitar and write songs. So that's what I have to do. And if I can't figure that out, then, well, I guess I'm screwed. (laughs) Um, But I was just in this place where I was like, well, let me just kind of try to experiment a little bit and just try, just try to break everything back down to just something I would do if I were a little kid again, you know, just yeah. drawing and writing. And um, it was through that, that I ended up writing this poem. This is in November, 2016, when I wrote this one poem that I was just dealing with self-doubt. It was so heavy. Um, it was probably like the lowest place <laughs> that I had been in this season of just questioning and doubting everything. And I was like, I'm going to share this. I'm going to share this poem. I haven't, I don't, I don't share poetry, but I'm going to do that. Um, and I got ready to share it. And at the last second I chickened out, like <laughs> I was going to share it on Instagram, but I was like, no, it's too many people there. I was like, I'll just share it on Pinterest. Nobody I know follows me over there. So <laughs> I, so I, I chickened out. I didn't share it like on any of the major platforms I was using at the time for music. And then I shared it on Pinterest And I just kind of forgot about it. I didn't use like any tags or anything. Well, about two months later, I started getting DMs on Instagram where people were asking me, they're like, hey, did you see this reality star post this poem that you wrote? And I was like, no, but that's kind of weird. (laughs) Like, I don't even know how she found that. Like, how did she find that? So I think I was like, thank, thanks so much for, you know, sharing this, but I didn't really know what to do with that. And then a few days later, it was like, hey, did you see this professional athlete, like, share this quote of yours? And I'm like, whoa, what is going on? So I went back to Pinterest, and that one pin had been pinned over 100,000 times. And (laughs) till this day, I have no idea, like, where it took off, like, how it took off. I I don't know. I I don't even remember putting tags on the post. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this is just way beyond me. Like literally, I don't know how this happened. And, um, the sort of my natural place that I want to go to was like, well, that was just kind of like a fluke, you know, like Mm. that was just like a random thing. That's not going to happen again. And then people started asking me, they were like, well, do you have more on this topic? You know what you're writing about? Because I was essentially writing about just feeling like a failure and feeling like, you know, I was not as far along in life as I should be. And as it turns out, a lot of people feel that way. So people were asking and they were like, do you have any more on this? And I was like, not really. (laughs) Like, I, I really don't. Like, that was kind of like the bottom of the pit, you know, for me, (laughs) like. I feel like that, by the way, is so funny that, uh, I feel like every story I hear in Hollywood, entertainment, art, whatever, is, uh, when that, when you get that question, you're supposed to lie. Like, yeah, like, I keep hearing like Dave Chappelle talked about how he 
they were like, uh, do you have any movie ideas? And he's like, oh, yeah, I got like four. And they're like, like what? Tell us about them. And he's like, oh. He's like, well, I got this idea. It's like, when they say that, you say, yeah, I've got plenty more. Yes, exactly. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's in me somewhere. I don't know where, but I'll I'll go searching for it. I'll find it eventually. So that's kind of where I was. And I was like, all right, I guess I can give this a shot. Um, this whole poetry thing. And um, I just started trying to write from that place. So for all of 2017, it was just, just experimenting. Like I, I started um, painting again. I started um, using my iPad to just try to sketch things and draw things. Um, And it was, it was really exciting because I just kind of felt like I was a little kid again, just trying things and unfortunately when music became my job I kind of lost that you know um music used to feel like music used to feel that way but it's like you know sometimes you get to a point where you know where something you love becomes your career you kind of lose that innocence sometimes so I kind of had to high stakes like yeah, yeah yeah so I you know of course I was articulating it this way then but I just pivoted you know <laughs> and yeah, I just yeah. went so we're totally random. I like went to Home Depot, bought some spray paint, and went to Michaels and got some canvases. And <laughs> Did I you was feel just, like you were crazy. Yes, I yes, and I looked crazy too. Like we were, yeah. we had this um, where we were living at the time. And, oh gosh, I miss it so much. I had a shed out yeah. back, and yeah. um, I just the whole shed was just paint everywhere, paper, yeah. canvases, um, all over the place. Yeah. And it was just so, it was kind of random because like I hadn't been doing anything like that before, you know, in yes. like a decade. Um, so it was, it was really exciting though. It, and it just really reminded me that, you know, even though I had gotten so discouraged, you know, th- there was still something there, you know, it wasn't yeah. all, it wasn't all lost, you know, just because I was feeling like a failure, it wasn't all gone away. Like that spark was still inside of me. So that was 2017. And that was sort of what I, you know, that was the year of like just exploration and just trying things. And that's kind of how I got to the style of where I am today. And at the end of 2017, I was, um, you know, I was starting to share more at this point, share more of my art, but I was still wrestling with that self-doubt. I was still dealing with imposter syndrome, like for real, like it's, <laughs> you know, I was just looking at other people in the art world and I'm like, I am not like that. And I'm like, I'm not educated. I'm not, you know, I didn't go to school for this and just all those things that just get in your head, <laughs> you know, when you're making yeah. things sometimes. And, um, I was like, I, I was like, I cannot let I was like, I can't get back to this place where I am letting myself self doubt, like just ruin everything. Essentially, I was like, I've it's already so weird. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was like, I've already been down that path before. So I was like, what can I do to like make sure I just keep myself on track to not give up? Essentially, <laughs> um, to not just quit on this. Like I've tried to quit on other things. So I was like, what can I do? I was like, I know I'm onto something. I'm like, I'm having so much fun. Like there's paint everywhere. All of my clothes are paint clothes. Like everything is so, you know, I'm really enjoying this. I'm like, how can I keep this going? So I decided in October, 2017, I was like, I'm going to make every single thing that I create about one person at a time. So I put on my Instagram, I was like, Hey, if you would like for me to write something or make something for you, 
send me your story, send me a word or a topic or something, and I'll just make something for you. And, and I just made it about that instead of trying to make it for followers or subscribers. I was like, I'm just going to make art for one person at a time. And, um, that I was like, maybe I'll do this for a month or two, but that was in October, 2017. And I'm still doing that today. (laughs) So, so yeah, that's kind of the core of, of what I do. And, and in addition to that, I, I do freelance and, and I love it. I, I absolutely am so grateful for where I am right now. Yeah, that's an amazing story. And I think there's obviously, there's so much to pull out of there. I want to go back through a few bits, if if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, w- one thing is, I feel like there's a real bravery to reinvention. And I've thought a lot about this because I read a quote from Lorne Michaels from Saturday Night Live, who said, he was talking about he was kind of dissing Chevy Chase, honestly, uh, and uh, and Chevy, if you're listening to this, I, I'm not dissing you. It's Lorne. Um, I, I love to imagine a reality where Chevy Chase is trying to get pep talk. Uh, but, of course, of course, but, why not? Yeah, right. But uh, you probably think I'm an idiot. But um, he, he's saying that, like, you know, Steve Martin went through like four careers, and that all of you constantly have to go through that cyclical process and that Chevy Chase didn't really do that. Mm. And I think one of the things you see in creative people is it's so hard to find your way into a thing that once you're in it, you're like petrified to go and try something new. Mm. And yet everything you learn through getting into something actually makes it easier, sets you up better. You're smarter, more prepared to chart new territory. So I'm guessing when you had kind of made the progress that you'd made as a musician, you probably felt like you were starting from square one, but maybe that wasn't exactly the case. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, that is 100% true. And I, it didn't hit me until I had this moment where I had been writing poetry more and I got a message from a singer songwriter and she asked me, she was like, hey, I don't know if you ever like want to write songs but like can we turn this into a song and I was like that's hilarious I was like I've spent you know I was like everything I did it ended up informing where I was in this next phase and I didn't even realize it so it's and and, you know I don't think you can really plan it that way I think it'll just naturally happen you know your your life experiences or your previous work it'll inform your current projects it'll inform what you're doing and it might take some time to go back and look and see how it all came together but I can definitely see that um and I I wasn't I didn't feel that way in the moment <laughs> in the moment I just felt like um you know we had literally moved across country because I'm I'm originally from Atlanta Georgia I've lived in Nashville I've lived in Dallas and then when I started doing more art we were living in Los Angeles and I was just like, you know, I'm in a different, I'm physically in a different place. Like everything is different here. I'm just starting over. But <laughs> when I look back over these past few years, I was like, wow, it's crazy how it actually still came together. Like there's still a story here, you know, even though I've made these massive shifts. Yes. And I think it, that open hands kind of curious approach, it, like it, I think a lot of it, we all have our like creative career uh, worries, anxieties of, you know, whether it's, yeah, a million things. One of them being that we're going to 
take these massive missteps and and kind of totally fall off the map or whatever. And I think that or that we're going to get entrenched in a particular thing too long and grow stale and irrelevant in one place. You know, there's all mm-hmm. these big worries that we have. And I find that kind of open hands, curiosity uh, approach to navigating your path is really powerful because for me, it's like uh, when I went, I went through a season a few, about five years ago where I was like, you know what, maybe I'm more of a public speaker than an illustrator. And mm-hmm. then I explored that for a few years and that process of having to articulate myself and find my voice in that, when I now have found a new love for illustration again, my illustration is so much better mm. than it was because I, I've gotten more in tune with like metaphor and then visual metaphor and articulating and communicating, transferring, really getting my ideas to click in somebody mm. uh, because I've learned how to do it through words. I come at my illustrations from a totally different angle. And there's just this cyclical thing where the songs you would write uh, from the perspective of a poet are going to be totally different probably from the, from the place you are writing when you're just writing music. Yes, absolutely. Know? And I've even started to kind of experiment with that a little bit. Um, I've been taking notice of certain pieces of mine that get shared more than others. Yes. And I've noticed, I was like, wow, there's like a rhythmic quality to these um, mm. that some of the others don't have. I was like, I'm going to turn these into songs. Um, yes. I was like, why not? So, yes. um, yeah. And I was like, before, you know, the tra- kind of the, well, there's no, I don't know if there's a traditional way of writing songs, but sort of like the standard industry way is like, you know, you sit down with another writer, you know, you call them co-writes and you sit with, you know, one, one, two, three other writers and you sit in a room for two hours and you write a song together. And um, I've, I've written some songs that I absolutely love in that setting. Um, but now I'm just seeing, I'm like, wow, like music is happening out here all the time. Like it's literally in my artwork. It's in my poetry in ways that I didn't even notice before. And now I can just sort of pick different things out and make songs. So yeah, that's something that I've, I've started to get a little bit more confidence in because I just, to be honest, like I was so discouraged coming out of that season. You know, I was just like, I just gave up like my job, like something I worked so hard for. Like so many people want to have a career in music. Like, like who am I to just give this up? Like, is that selfish? Like, is that, you know, all these things. And I was like, how can I give that up? But now I'm seeing it like, you know, it's okay to just take some time to step back and let other things inform my experiences and add other colors. Literally (laughs) this is what I did. Um, And that was another, just was this is one thing I absolutely love about your work and how colorful it is. That was another thing that I challenge myself to do it's because in my in my personal life like i'm pretty into like muted colors like mm. <laughs> the most yeah. i wear is like navy blue like it's yeah. so it's <laughs> so boring and it's what's funny is like i actually married a hawaiian who loves color so really? i've had yeah. to like <laughs> learn how to like add a little scarf here and there yeah. with some color <laughs> but um, when i first started like everything was like muted colors I was like, you know what? There's like this whole color wheel. There's all these things that I don't even consider just because I'm like, oh, that's not my thing. But I'm like, what if I just tried to work with it? So that's been really cool because I, when I'm asking people to, um, you know, send their stories to me and I'm making art based on what they send me, um, I ask them what style they like. 
And um, someone will say purple. I never use purple. There's no purple in my closet. There's no purple in my house. Like there's no, I don't have purple in any of the palettes I use. But I was like, you know what? Literally using these other colors, it's challenging me. It's challenging me to, to get outside of my frame of mind, which can just be so sad at times <laughs> and so restricting and, and branch out. So yeah. So just for anybody listening, you know, I, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm not much, I'm not one for giving much advice, but I would say that, you know, if you can find something that just kind of forces you to add some color, whether that's literal or figuratively um, yeah. colors that you don't use, it can really challenge you in a good way. I think, yeah, I absolutely love that. And it sounds, there's a theme to, to that, to me, where you're talking about uh, death and resurrection. Like there's a death of, for me, there was a part of me that kind of had to die to my illustration and let it just die for a minute. And it came back with all this new life and the same kind of happened with music for you. Mm -hmm. And also just the death of, uh, your preconceptions. You know, I think a lot about, we get so hung up on doing creativity the right way when in fact, anything that is the right way isn't truly creative. Yeah, so exactly. Like, so yes. like letting go of that preconception of like, well, I don't really work in those colors. Like dying to that, be like, well, who knows what I work in? Like, who's to yeah. say? Like, you know, and, and letting constant and that cool collaborative thing that you're doing with people where they're forcing you to continually die to your preconceptions mm-hmm. is yes. always breathing new life and new color into what you're doing. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah and I'm, awesome. and I'm doing that on a weekly basis. So it's become yes. like a practice. So it's of like mine. alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it really does just keep my work, um, for me, at least creating it interesting. And, you know, there are some times where, you know, I'll get some submissions and I'm just like, I'm not sure I could do that. Like I got one the other day that was like cheetah print. And I was like, I don't know if I can do cheetah print, you know? Um, <laughs> I was like, I just don't know if I can make that look good, but, um, you know, I, I tried, I still tried to incorporate those colors and the energy of what she was describing. She described like a lot of other things too. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it was just so, it, it was so it, it, like, I kind of laughed in that moment, but I was like, I was like, this is what I need though. And I think sometimes like, you know, when you're, especially like if you're a freelancer, like that can be a really isolating world and you can just feel so limited just by your, by your own thoughts or just by your own experiences. And, um, you know, just finding those little windows where you can, where you can get different points of view or get different people to pour into what you're doing or just probe at what you're doing and prompt something in you that you weren't really anticipating. I think that can really that can, it's really made a difference for me. And that's something that I don't think I had. I don't think I really had an understanding of when I was doing music full time, because there was kind of more of like, you know, cause I was, I was on a record label, you know, there's like a, there's like a rhythm, there's like a system to things and you just kind of follow this timeline and you do things in this timeline. And, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the structure, you know, that I learned of in that setting but at the yeah. same time, like you can't just get stuck in that structure forever. Like, yes. like you said, like there has to be a death, like you have to just like let it go and, and just start over, start over sometimes. Yes. So yeah. And I think those, uh, 
those industries like the music industry that this is what this is why i think there's always new mediums and new channels and you know whether it's podcast or instagram or youtube or whatever all the there's always artists always find a new space to make where nobody's set the rules yet Mm -hmm. and it's not stuffy and there isn't an exact way to do it and Mm -hmm. you know i think that yeah you're seeing all of that Uh, yeah So I wanted to circle back to something you said that I absolutely loved and I think hits a kind of uh, hits a vein in what I call like toxic creative mythology, something that like flies in the front of that because, and I think it's tricky. It's one of the reasons I don't think people talk about it, but it's the site you said, looking back on what people were sharing and I... Mm -hmm. I, re- and, you know, if you're familiar with the podcast, you've heard me kind of talk about this here and there. I'm very interested in this non-dual third way of understanding how, about how to make great work. And I think for the longest time, we've had this like non-dual thing where it's either you make for yourself or you pander to an audience. That's mm-hmm. it. Like they're, yeah. you're following what people want or you're following your heart. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's the, yeah. that is, those are the tropes mm-hmm. um, that we've been given. And I find that there's a, there's a Venn diagram of those things. There's a way of thinking about it. That's the most pure, the best foot forward. And it, for me, I call it, you know, one circle is authenticity. The o- other circle is resonance. And because there's a connection point and it's like a gift giving process. Mm. Um, does that, does that make sense? So you're, yes. so when you're looking at your yes. shares, like what's, what, how has that informed you in a way that's not about chasing likes or chasing shares, mm-hmm. but what does it do? What is this? Cause you have a very close connection with the people you're making stuff for. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, you know, one of the ways you do that is by making it for one person. Um, but can you speak to that? It's not really a question. Yeah, No, I love this. Like this is right (laughs) up my alley. I will try not to like ramble on for days because I I think about this often. I think about this a lot. I'm like, what is it? Um, and one of the best sort of analogies I can kind of think about like that experience, like when I see like certain pieces of vine get more exposure than others. Um, yeah. Cause I great, you know, thankfully I've had some like really cool moments where I've had some pieces just get shared just a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've seen a pattern with that. It's like all of those pieces that have been shared quite a bit and keep getting shared. Um, it's kind of like a mirror effect. Like, I feel like those are the moments. Oh, man. Yeah, like, sorry. those are, oh, I'm, no. I'm thinking about mirrors. Just, just, I think I know what you're saying. Yeah. I'm sorry, I got to this. <laughs> no, I, I'm like, remember, I'm like a fan of the show. Like, I just want to hear you talk. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm like, oh, wait, Morgan, not, you have to get answers, yes, too. Mirror effect. Yes, yes. I think I know yeah. what you're doing, and I'm like, oh, yeah. my gosh. I actually recorded a bit, which is a nugget for uh, of an episode in, in about three weeks about yeah. Mir- being seen mm. and mirroring people feeling seen yes yes okay no that's the, that is exactly sorry i didn't mean no, to steal anything. no no that is exactly that is exactly what i was saying and i think it's those moments where you know i i think when with everything i i write and i create like i i try to help people feel seen and feel heard and i do think that there are some moments though where i and I, I can't, I can't 
do it on purpose. Like it's not something right. I, I, it just happens um, from yeah. creating a lot of work. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's some moments where you just get so deep into who you are that you end up reflecting other people. Yes. If that makes sense. So it's yes. like, there's times where I'm writing or I'm creating something that like, it's, I don't even realize I'm doing it, but it's like, I, I touched on something that maybe I needed to hear myself um, and those are, those are typically the pieces that, that do the best. And, um, I can't manufacture that. I can't try to make it happen again and again and again. Um, it just comes from creating a lot of work. And I think it's just really just digging and digging and digging. And then you get to these places where it's, you know, you, you get, you get to something and other people say, yep, I have felt that too. Like I, I completely understand. I've said that exact same thing. Um, I feel like that was written for me. Like I, like Andy, I remember one piece that you did that like went viral on Twitter about, I draw, I draw things that, ah, oh, I can't remember. I'm quoting it terribly. I, I can draw invisible things. Yes. Like yes. That. Yes. Oh my goodness. I was like so happy. Like that got like shared as much as it did. So it was amazing. Yeah. Um, but I was like, yes, yeah, so many people felt that, you know, like some people like, yes, like that, that says what I'm like, what's in my head that I've never been able to say. And, you know, we can't predict those moments, but, you know, if we keep creating, we'll keep getting to them and people will feel reflected. They'll feel reflected in something of what you create. And, you know, the more, the more you do it, the more you'll kind of have that mirror moment. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, one, one phrase that I keep thinking about is you can't master an art, but you can improve it. So Mm. it's like, like I think about art and compare i love i hate sports but i love (laughs) sports analogies for some reason and there's something about the way that i think of like making a piece of work it feels very similar to game day where it's like the more prepared you are the the more you learn your craft and study your tapes and Mm. and and the more you play the more likely it is you're going to win but Game day comes and it doesn't matter if you're better than the team. It doesn't matter if you're amazing. You can't just force a win every time. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't yeah, work that way. Exactly. But yeah. you do improve. So you can't, you can't master it, but you can't improve. Do you feel like from making and writing that, you know, what things have improved? Like, do you get better at spotting those things or, or like isolating them and be like, Oh, that's a piece. Like that's, that's what the nugget of this thing is, or, Mm -hmm. you know, what, like what things have you gotten better at, even if you haven't mastered them just through the art of making stuff? Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good question. And I also love sports analogies (laughs) and I'm like the most non-athletic person (laughs) to ever walk the planet, but I I love sports analogies. But, um, one thing I, I have noticed is that when I'm, because I kind of like my, my flow every day, it's like, I wake up, and I try to spend at least um, an hour just writing, like with no agenda, no, like nothing. I just pull up my, sometimes it's even on my phone or my computer. I, sw- I like to switch it up. Like sometimes I'm writing my hand in my journal, sometimes laptops. <laughs> it, it just varies. But I try to just write and write and write and write and write. And yeah. I've gotten to a point like from doing that, I've been doing that for about a year and a half now. And mm-hmm. um pretty much every single day. And I've gotten to a point now. Yeah. Doing the same thing. And it's the most creatively productive thing I've ever done. Yeah. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. And, um, I've gotten like, 
I had a moment like that this morning, even where I was writing and I can almost like, <laughs> I hope this doesn't sound too weird, but like, I can almost like <laughs> see myself outside of myself, like yeah. writing. And I'm like, Oh, you're getting to that thing. Keep going. You're getting yes. there. Keep going. <laughs> and I'll kind of like have like these pep talks with myself, like in the back of my head. Um, and then sometimes. Yeah. 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 And then sometimes it'll go in the opposite direction though. It's like, oh, now you're trying to sound too deep or now you're trying to sound too articulate or you're trying to, you know, conceptualize this too much. You're looking into that too much. It's simple. Remember. So I kind of like start driving it. You're not playing with it. Yeah. Yeah. You're overdoing it. Yeah. 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 So and I, I try and I've gotten better with with being more specific. Like I used to say things like oh, this is terrible, or oh, this is great. Um, mm-hmm. And now it's more of like, this is true, or this is me trying to sound like somebody else, or me trying to, you know, make something sound deep, or, mm-hmm. you know, like, just articulate in a way that it's not supposed to be. So, um, so yeah, that's it. So it's not necessarily like a right or wrong, but I I can at this point, when I finish something, before I send it to anyone, I look for the truth in it. I'm like, is this true? Would this be true for me in this situation? Like what, would that mean something to me? And if the answer is no, then I don't send it. (laughs) Um, Sometimes I'll scratch it. Sometimes I'll edit it. Just depends on what it is. But yeah, for me, it's not so much about like, oh, this will be, because there are some times where I'll release something, um, Wow, I, I had another I had a moment like that this morning. It's been a very eventful morning. <laughs> I've had lots of energy today. <laughs> Don't know where it's coming from. But I had a moment like that this morning where I wrote something for someone and I looked at it and I said, you know what? This person could message me back and say, This is the worst thing they've ever read, and I would still be proud of it because I needed to say that. Mm. And I was like, those are the kind of moments I want more of, you know? Um, I was like, I want more of those moments. And the cool thing was, is that I I sent that to this person and they messaged back like not too long and they actually really did connect with it. Um, I was like, oh, it would have been great for the story if they hated it, but (laughs) they did it. They really didn't destroy my day. I actually was Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I I was like, I, but that feeling that, you know, when I was still in the unknown place, when I didn't know how it was going to be received, I was like, yeah, I want more of that in my life, you know, where I'm like, it's, it doesn't, like, I'm like, I need it to say that. Like, it could be the, it could be the lowest engaged thing I have on my Instagram. Like, it could get the lowest engagement, it could have the least amount of likes, it could not generate any profit whatsoever, but I needed to say that. So, um, that's, that's something that I feel like I'm, I'm getting better at identifying, um, you know, before I press publish, um, you know, I'm like, is this something that I would say if, if everyone was like, ew, take the sound, this is lame, this is cheesy. Um, cause that's, that's one thing, um, you know, I'll talk about this a little bit. Like I had to, I had to start to deal with that because I, you know, I've kind of got to the point now where I'm getting, you know criticism like as you should you know (laughs) everyone's gonna get it um and it's been very light and typically it's someone like kind of making fun of what I do um (laughs) like one was kind of funny like this guy was like he was like do people just take like all the cheesy cliches and just slap Morgan Harper Nichols name on it or something (laughs) 
<laughs> and it was just like it was the way he said it was actually kind of funnier but I don't remember what he said exactly but it just got me thinking I was like you know what like that's funny to me because I know that there are things I put out there that people might look at and say they're cheesy but those things are created for a purpose like they were created maybe they were created to make someone laugh like I often write things for people who are in middle school so I use different language when I'm writing for a middle schooler than I do someone who's my age. And, you know, so I, I had peace with that. Like I didn't, it didn't bother me that there's someone out there who might consider my work to be cheesy. Um, and I was like, wow, that's, that took some work to get there, you know, cause there are yeah. years ago where that would have really have bothered me. Like I used to pride myself on like being this deep introspective writer and, I definitely have those moments still, but I'm yeah. like, you know what? Sometimes it, it is more lighthearted and that's okay. And some people aren't going to be cool with that. And that's okay too. Well, this is, you know, part of this idea of creating a mirror, constructing a mirror is about, uh, you know, self-actualization, getting really, really to the bottom and clear about who you are as a person. And I think for me, I had the same experience with the podcast when I felt like I was having to bear my soul on a weekly basis. At least that's what it felt like. This is about a, I've been doing this for about four and a half years. This is about like a year into it. I had a real crucible moment that just as you're describing, which is like getting to the point where when I was pushing publish, I wanted to be like, I stand by this regardless of what anybody else thinks. Like I, mm. and it actually was one of the, and this is what's awesome about art is I think part of the idea of us making stuff is to excavate. It's a tool for excavating our true self. And so for me, that's what it was. Like I was, I, by making this podcast every week and I started to realize, oh, there's a bunch of parts of my identity or what I think I am or claim to be that I wouldn't stand up and, and defend because they're not really me. Mm. Like it's a bunch of things I say on a regular basis that isn't true. I don't believe it, you know? And that's when it started having this like pruning effect of like, okay, I'm not going to say that stuff anymore mm -hmm. because, it, but because I want to solidify to the things of that I will say. And then when people come and say, Hey, you're an idiot for thinking that I can be like, Okay, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> this is what I really think. Yeah, so, yeah, not a you know, you're not you can't really throw me off the scent. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And it's like, and some of those things, like they may very well be true for someone else, sure. and that's okay. Yeah. And that person might stand behind that. And maybe someone who you were inspired by said that, and you started yeah. saying it, and you're like, wait, I'm not sure that applies to me, or I'm not yeah. sure that applies yeah. to me in this season. You know, for me, like oftentimes when I'm writing, like there are phrases that I will avoid using. And it's not because those phrases aren't true, but it's just because I'm like, if I were in that person's shoes in that moment, or if I were on the receiving end of this, I'm not sure if that would connect. I don't know. So because yeah. I don't know, I'm not going to use it. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, of course I can never be certain. I don't have like magic words to dish out to people and just, you know, make their lives perfect or anything. But, yeah. um, you know, I at least want it to be like, if for whatever reason that person, 
messaged me back and said, look, this just didn't resonate with me. Like I didn't connect with it. Like, I don't know what happened. I thought I was expecting something else. Um, if they just happen to message that I want to be able to say, well, let me explain, at least explaining you like how I was speaking from my truth. And if that doesn't connect, then that's fine. Um, but you know, if I, if I can't say that, then I think that that's where it just gets really tense and it makes it hard to keep making work. Um, yes. and I do think that there's, you know, there's a lot of pressure, you know, especially with social media to, to communicate in a certain way and to, um, and to pre- present yourself in a certain way. And I remember before I was sharing art, like I used to share kind of more of my personal life. And I, I'm kind of in the season now where I, I don't really share. And it wasn't even like a, a hard stop or anything where I was like, I'm not sharing my personal life anymore. Like, I just realized one day, I was like, oh my gosh, my whole Instagram is art and poetry. I did, like, I haven't shown a picture of myself in a long time. Um, but in that, before I was sharing, um, before I was sharing art and I was kind of sharing my personal life, like, and I, I don't think I've ever shared this like before, but like, I used to like, I used to like really get discouraged like when people would unfollow me. Like like I used to like um you know look at who unfollowed me and like yeah, I even sure. downloaded that unfollow We've app. We've all done it. Yeah. That's time. Yeah, I had yeah. that unfollow app where I could see yeah. like who I was following and who wasn't following me back. Yeah. yeah. And it was so like, and, and painful. Yeah. And, terrible, and this was, in this, I had it yeah. for Twitter like a long time ago. Yeah. I have an experience with that. So I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And I really let it get to me. And then, um, but you know, in that time when I was sharing about my personal life, I was reading blog posts. I was reading articles on, you know, how to engage with your fans on Instagram. Like, this is what they're telling me to do. Like, why am I doing this? But people are leaving. And why do I feel sad about it? If I'm doing what everyone's, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And one day I looked up and I realized, wait, I haven't shared a picture of myself in like a few weeks. I haven't looked at who unfollowed me in a few weeks and I'm sharing exactly what I want to share. Yes. (laughs) And ironically, that's the moment where it took off. Like, yes. that's the moment where, I mean, I remember when I started sharing my art, I think I had, and I'm only sharing the numbers just for like, so you could see like how yeah. much of this was a shift for me. Bring I it had, on. We're here to celebrate. Yeah. Seriously. I think Don't I had, even be ashamed. I, it was under 10,000. I was like yeah. in 9,800 or something like that. Yeah. And that was in 2000, like, that was in 2016. So, mm-hmm. and now in March 2018, I'm, I think, I, I don't, I don't know the number. I know it's over 400,000, but I, yes. I'm not counting anymore. Yeah. I'm not counting anymore. And I'm like, I was like, who knew that the moment, like I stopped caring, <laughs> that's when it was yeah. going to grow. And, you know, I was like, cause this is, this is my truth. And I was like, who knows? It may change. Like it may evolve into something different next year or, you know, the year after, like, I'm about to have a baby in two months. Like who knows what my life is going to be like, like, you know, things are going to change. Like my career might change, but for this season right now, I'm like, I know that I'm doing something that I'm really passionate about and I really care about. And it's true to who I am. And the deeper I can get into that, the less I care about the numbers. Yes. And I think, you know, one thing that makes me think of is, I'm like a really big 
a supporter of sharing yourself through your work. Like I push people to be authentic and share, mm -hmm. but I don't, but I, and, and sometimes I think that's misunderstood that I'm saying be completely an open book, be completely an oversharer, tell, let, you know, let, let your audience peek into all aspects of your life. Mm -hmm. Nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, the people that listen to this podcast know that there are, even subconsciously, because I've talked to them in person, know that there's a bunch of things in my life where there are boundaries that I do not share. Mm -hmm. And I and I keep those, I'm very happily protective over those areas because yeah. they're things like, that's not for you. And it's for me. And I like not sharing that. Mm -hmm. And I think, but, and my point with all that is, I think ultimately when you learn uh, techniques and a craft and a and a, a medium in which you can share more of your true self through your art than photos of yourself or, you know, whatever. It's, it reminds me of that I'm always quoting this and I don't never, I never know who said it, but it's, you know, if I could sp explain it in words, I wouldn't have had to paint it. Mm. And it's that idea of like, you okay. probably have never been sharing more of yourself uh, by just sharing your poetry because mm. it's more revealing of your true nature than but you know selfies or whatever yeah, you know whatever that's so true yeah and it and it looks different for everyone and i absolutely totally. love that quote i've never heard that before but like like yeah, i i felt reflected in that but <laughs> <laughs> i'm I, happy to shine the mirror on you <laughs> even now uh, so well i want to go back a little bit uh one of the things i don't hear artists talk about enough is the idea of pattern finding, almost kind of like a detective, like that to me has been so key to unlocking my voice. And, and I use it even now, I'm still using it. You know, you looking at uh, shares. And one thing I think that's easy to do right from the get-go is say, what are the things that have resonated with other people or people have shared like crazy that actually aren't authentic of me mm -hmm. and then just cross those off. Like there's a bunch of things mm -hmm. when I'm looking back through what hit home, what moved people, I know the, out of the top 10, I know four out of the 10, I just cross them off instantly because I'm like, oh, they liked that because it was a big client. Mm -hmm. They liked that because, you know, whatever, like yeah. I get it, but it's not coming from my heart. I know it's not. Mm -hmm. But these six posts, I felt like, oh my gosh, this is a breakthrough for me and my audience. It hit for them. And then I'm, then I'm looking at, this has been the most productive tool for me as for growth. I've looked at comparing those six things and saying, I'm literally going to try to figure out, is there a pattern? Like what's happening in between the, you know, sometimes it's, oh, I was using paint instead of, I was more, and I was more natural in paint or, oh, there's a, there's a metaphor here, or there's, I'm using writing as part of it or whatever mm -hmm. it is. I've learned, I've been really hardcore about that, doing that for 10 years and it's been so fruitful and mm -hmm. it sounds like you do a similar process. What can you uh, speak about? That's one of those things where I'm not great at questions, but I am good at saying, here's a topic. But does that, what, what, do you, what have you learned about doing that even for your own work, but then also just as like a, a process of growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I tend to write naturally. I tend to, um, write very long form. I'm very long winded. <laughs> yeah, um, it's yeah. weird. Like I'm not, I'm not really that way in like regular conversation as yeah. much, but when I'm writing, that's just where it all comes out. Um, so one thing I've had to learn and I've seen is that, you know, short form, like shorter, 
shorter pieces where I'm writing in smaller bits, you know, just two or three or four lines. Those typically end up getting more of a response. And sometimes I get a little frustrated because I'm like, I don't even feel like I really communicated my point in that. Um, (laughs) But, um, you know, just that I have to remember like the nature of the platforms that I'm sharing on. It's like Mm -hmm. people aren't even spending a whole second on a post. Like, (laughs) like I have to remember that I'm like, it's super quick the way that we scroll through and tap through everything. Um, So that's okay. I, I can't, judge myself or judge my work you know if if it's longer and it didn't it didn't get shared as much um so I have found that like typically if it's like a like bold white font like I know right away (laughs) bold white font with like blues in the background like that's pretty pretty much a safe bet for me um and (laughs) sometimes I'll sometimes I'll just not do that because I just don't want to but I I typically I'm just starting to notice like okay like you know bolder things shorter things um and and sometimes I can feel like a bit of a like I said, like it can feel, it can be hard for me because I'm like, oh, I want, I want something, you know, that has a little bit more depth to it, you know, I would say. But, um, you know, the thing is, it's just, you don't know who's on the other side of the screen. You don't know how long or how short they're looking at what you're creating. Um, and if they just connect with it, then they just connect with it. So let it be that. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely one thing. Can I pause you real quick? Oh, yeah. I just want to, I want to dive into that before we move on. Uh, but I, it sounds like there's kind of two things that can happen in that situation. When you learn and when you get, you like get data and it doesn't have to be, okay, now that's the answer. It sounds like you get the data of like shorter stuff works better. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can do two things with that in different pieces. You can say mm-hmm. one, sometimes I'm doing longer because that's what I like. And maybe it'll resonate deeper for some people, mm-hmm. or maybe it'll just make me feel uh, heard or it'll just make yeah. me feel at peace with what I made. And I'm making an active decision against that data, which is something you can do. Mm-hmm. And then another thing is, I wonder if this is the case for you because I, I'm really long-winded. Clearly everyone on this <laughs> podcast just rolled their eyes. They're like, yeah, like you needed to say that. But, um, but <laughs> one of the things I've been challenged by is uh, being obsessed with stand-up comedy and listening to people talk about uh, taking a bit going on stage, being really long-winded, tr- you know, working around what what you're trying to say and then finally, you know, through a bunch of a long process being more articulate with less words. So it sounds like that could also mm. be a prompt yes. for for you to be like I need to get to the kernel of this thing mm-hmm. because that's when it does is that true? Yes, and that has happened quite a bit for me. Um one thing that happens and I could see how some artists might not like this, but I love it because mm. I'm able to do what you just said is that, um, and this, I honestly think just, this just comes from me sharing so much. Um, yeah. or I, I'm sharing like a lot of what I create. Um, yeah. uh, people, when they reshare what I've written, like I'll give you an example. Sometimes people will take um, what I've written and they'll put it in their Instagram caption. Sure. And the amount of times where people will shorten what I said fascinates yes. me. I'm like, oh, this is oh happening to me. Yeah. I'm like, wow, that's not, I'm like, they In took a great out, way. yeah, I'm like, they took out the part that I thought was the glue and it still stands by itself. So I've actually learned a lot just by watching how people respond. 
Um, even when, like when I'm, when people send me a message and they say like, I would like, you know, can you create something with this one piece in mind? And they'll quote something, they'll quote something that I wrote before, but it's not a direct exact quote. Like it's like a shortened version or like, oh, I liked when you use watercolor. I'm like, well, that wasn't watercolor, but she's interpreting it as watercolor. Good to know. So it's just, you know, I think my natural, my natural instinct would be kind of like, no, that's not what that was. But I've learned to really listen and listen Mm -hmm. to how people break things up and how they interpret it. And it's kind of helped me repackage it and present it in a way that might connect with other people too. There's that a, makes sense. Uh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Actually, I'll say two things. That one is I have this episode. It's one of my most popular episodes, one of my favorite episodes. It's uh it's it's about Oak Island. It's about digging for treasure. Yeah. But I, I it's a long episode and I I like toiled over it trying to get to the bottom of what I was going to say and then somebody shared the podcast image on Instagram mm-hmm. and in the caption they described the episode, the entire idea. <laughs> In one sentence, <laughs> so much better than me. And it was one of my biggest, it was a pivoting thing wow. for me even recently where I was like, you know what? I need to be the one to do that. Mm. I need to wrestle with it and, and listen mm. before I publish it. So yes. that, that's something I've been doing with podcasts is wow. going and talking to my friends and my studio mates and, and calling people and saying, and trying to even look at their facial expressions, hear how they spit it back to me. Yes. Like there's something about that, that I'm like, I'm going to get to the kernel, but I'm going to be, do it before them because mm-hmm. it's, I want that punch yeah. because it, the way she spit it back to me, punched me so hard. I was like, Oh, that's it. I didn't even <laughs> that on the freaking podcast. Um, <laughs> drove me nuts. But also you said like, sorry, I'm going to oh, just, no, you're, you're good. <laughs> but what, uh, that, that thing you're saying about, uh, listening to people again, another lesson from comedy for me is that they, they listen to their audience. Mm-hmm. They don't let them, they, they, again, they take that data and they make choices about it. Sometimes they say they found it funnier, but I actually wanted that to be something that punched them in the gut. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to pander to it, yeah. but they're still listening. And yeah. and I find it so weird that again, toxic creative mythology that says, you're not allowed to listen to your audience. Like that's bad. Don't listen mm, to them. Yeah. Like just, you know, serve, you know what I mean? Yeah. And this, and I've never put this together to right now, but that's also something I've picked up from doing so many live shows mm, of yeah. music. Like when you're, yeah. when you have, you have to pay attention to how the crowd is reacting. Cause there's sometimes like where like it, different regions in the United States, like they respond differently to different things. And there's some regions that are like way more chill and way more laid back. You can get away with like a few more acoustic songs. Um, there, there's yeah. some groups that kind of want a little bit more hype and like you, but you don't find that out sometimes until you're real time in the moment. Like, Oh, like this is the crowd's kind of this way tonight, or they're kind of that way. And you kind of have to play off of them. And sometimes you can change the set list. Sometimes you can't. But, you know, when you're able to kind of like pay attention to what, like you said about like seeing how people, you know, respond in real time, like their facial reactions, like it can tell you a lot. And, you know, it can, it can also just, for me, it's, it's also encouraging like that, Hey, this, this artist world that I'm in, like, it's not all, it's not lonely, you know, (laughs) it's, it's not just me. Like there are other people out there who, who want to respond and want to engage with what I'm doing and what I'm creating and it just makes it, you know, more fun and it helps me not take myself so seriously. <laughs> yes. And I, I think there's a thing there. I, 
and this is obviously a theme on the show we keep coming back to there's a is, there's the heart of is your is your work ego driven or is it uh human driven in that mm-hmm. like is the purpose of your work to seek uh you know fanfare and and worship from people of like wow you're such an individual you're so not us mm-hmm. uh or is it a tool for connection and i think you know i think like there's totally different ways of making creativity and there's you know it's not not there's no rule sometimes sometimes creativity is journaling and sometimes it's communicating and it's all it's mm-hmm. all different but i i know the type of work that resonates with me, that the type of work I want to do, the type of work I see you doing is there's a, re, it's a connection. Like art becomes a bridge between mm-hmm. this solitary experience. It becomes the medium in which we can both, you know, we can both exist in this piece and actually get outside ourselves and and kind of commune together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's totally, that's totally what it is. And especially if you happen to be more of an introverted type, <laughs> you know, yeah, that can be very totally, encouraging. Yeah. Cause like, I know for me, like even just outside of, you know, my career, like I can just often feel very, you know, disconnected is because I'm like, I'm not as social. I'm not as quick. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I don't feel like I'm, you know, I don't feel like I can engage at the level of, of the other people can. So sometimes I can kind of, you know, just default to my wallflower mode and, you know, just kind of stay yeah. there. Um, but that's what's, but you know, when you're creating art, like to connect with other humans, it really does remind you of like, no, like you're not just on the outside watching the rest of the world. Like you're yes. a part of it too. So yeah, that's something I, I feel like I've learned more since I've, you know, done this project over the past you know year and a half or however long it's been. And um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really humbling, but it's, it's definitely helped me grow a lot. And I wonder, and I, would, I want to be respectful of your time. Oh, I know yes. we got to go, but I wonder if for me, one thing that has been that I've realized recently in that same vein of what you're talking about is that I think in my brain and in my experience and being trapped in my own body, that art has been over the past 30 years, uh, learning the craft of asking people is the stuff that's in here okay? Like, is this normal? Like, is that like, and and there's something about when I was little, I felt very misunderstood, like from zero to 20, like living at home. And there's a bunch of reasons for that that I'm not going to go into. But I think that there was a not being seen or understood that I'm like, mm-hmm. I've got to be up, figure out how to articulate myself to see if, if any of this is okay mm-hmm. uh, and the human experience. Like, it's like, yeah. is anybody else feeling this thing? And like that, that experience of that's like so much of what art is to me is like, you know, trying to get the inside to the outside so that other people can uh, connect with it and be like, yeah, that me too. Like I totally, that's me. Yeah. 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 That's, that's exactly what it's all about. And I feel like your show does that. Like I, I, I feel, oh, I you. feel really heard and seen in a lot of things you talk about. So oh, man, yeah. that is the loveliest yeah. feedback possible. I, Thank you. Hey, this has been a freaking blast. We have to do it again. Yes. Like, I, I feel like we could go for three more hours. <laughs> and uh, like I, I didn't get to any of my questions, basically, <laughs> <laughs> which is my favorite types of episodes. That's awesome. Um, but thank you so much. Thanks for what you do. Like I genuinely 
when I found out about your work and found out about how it's made and how it's a gift for individuals, it just like hit me uh, so hard because it's so, it's my heart for people. And that, yeah. and I just think what a, I think people's purpose is to be a gift to other people and you are just embodying that. And I just want to, I just want to tell you that face to face on the internet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say like, it's an amazing gift that you're giving people and thank you for doing that. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, that means, that means a lot to hear, especially from someone who really inspires me. So thank you so amazing. much. Thanks Morgan. Thanks for being here. Yes. Thank you. Morgan. Oh my goodness. I am so grateful that you gave us some of your time to be on our show. Like I was really, really, really hoping to get you on the show because she just embodies so much of what this show is about. And so it was a complete pleasure. Morgan, you are a gift to this creative universe and we are grateful for you. Go check her out. Morgan Harper Nichols on Instagram. You're not going to be, you will not regret it. You're not going to regret the through two. I promise the two seconds it takes you to look that up. You lazy. Oh gosh. You're so lazy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean that. I don't mean it at all. You're not lazy. A few little takeaways, just a little recap. Some things that I thought were really, really great from this episode. So you can you know, not just have a good time, but turn it into some action. Uh, one thing, think about it, is signs that you're missing your people. Like if you're in an environment and you're creating work, you know, one thing I spent the beginning of my career in design and I, you know, for the longest time, I kind of felt like something's wrong with me. And like when I would go to New York and go meet all these designers, I could kind of feel like their attitude's like, uh, who's this guy? Like, why he doesn't have what the, the thing that it takes to be this thing. And that's true. I'm not a designer. I actually am a slob. I'm a sloppy, weirdo, messy, creative illustration kind of guy. And the illustrators and illustration conference is way more my speed. They're all like introverts who want to express themselves and they do it with pictures. And some of them even learned how to do it with words. And, and those who don't, that's fine. We just look at their pictures and say, thank you. Uh, but that, that, and then writers, I, I realized I really get along with writers and it helped me figure out my identity. And so maybe if you're feeling like, uh, Morgan was with the musicians, like touring's not my thing. This thing's not my thing. Like taking stock and noticing those things and owning those things. And then second thing is being willing with that information to update your identity and have those open hands as you filter through your journey to be like, well, uh, I don't think that thing that I'd made my identity really is it and open your hands and be willing to have the bravery and courage to explore some new things and admit you don't know who you are. Uh, another thing I loved was like looking silly. Like you, I feel like you have to have no shame as a creative when we're clearing out our house. It's just full of boxes of unused art materials or half done projects. And I think you've got to allow yourself the license to try things and look dumb and go to 
Blick or go to the, uh, you know, the art store and buy some stuff that you don't know if it's going to turn anything. You don't know if it's going to work out and, and you can try it and it didn't work and whatever, but you've got to let yourself look silly. Let death and resurrections happen. Let things die that once were everything to you, old influences, old practices, old things that you'd convinced yourself were everything to you. You know, for a while I thought I'm not an illustrator, only for that to be resurrected in a major way and become a better illustrator than I've ever been. Don't be afraid to see what's resonating with your audience. Look for patterns in that. You know, especially look at the stuff that is authentic and resonates from you and also resonates with your audience. Don't for, don't be afraid to check those patterns and learn from them. And that's it. That's my recap. Thank you, Morgan, for being on the show. It was an absolute pleasure. Uh, thanks to a Patreon community, the old Patreon community. If you want to back the show, become part of the lifeblood of this show, become a creative pepperoni, a true fan of the show, go to creative, no, don't. Go to patreon.com slash creative pep talk and get started today, <laughs> started backing this show. You can give a dollar per episode, $2, $3, whatever, whatever you want, your choice. We appreciate our patrons. And for that reason, I'm gonna shout out one right now. Hold on one second. C-O-R-T-N-E-Y-M-A-T-Z. Search her up on YouTube. She's a musician, and we appreciate her for backing the podcast. Thank you, Courtney. You are the lifeblood of this pizza. Blood pizza sounds very weird. Okay. Thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for the theme music. Thanks to Alex Sugg for editing the show and producing it and providing the soundtrack. And gosh, give it up, Alex. You do too much. Gotta outdo me with all your skills. Thanks, Alex, for doing that, though, for real. And thanks to all of you for listening. And until we meet again, stay pepped. Now I know you're you you got a music background. You're gonna crush me <laughs> with the rhythm of this. I'm terrible, but okay. So one, two, three. I and I I failed. Wow. Okay, Morgan. That was <laughs> that was it. Yep. <laughs> I'm a professional. All right. Okay. One more time. All right. You proved me wrong. Fine. We'll do. One. I'll be the musical one. Um. All right. We'll do it two more times. On three, it's a clap. Mm -hmm. One, two, three. All right, one more time. One, two, three.